4: And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start start with with Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Sandra Champlain. Champlain.
3: How is your week going? Mine's going pretty good. I'm in a good mood. The sun is shining in. I'm looking out my windows, seeing the birds flying around. And I would just want to share a few things before we get into the meat of our time together. First of all, if you remember some months back, my former boyfriend had tragically died. He had gotten himself into an accident, drove straight into a tree, and they believe he may have had a heart attack. Since then, I've received some signs. I had an incredible reading with a medium named Catherine Shirley, who brought in so many details about our relationship together and things that we did together. Truth is, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years And I know we weren't ultimately meant for each other, but we did care deeply about each other. I had a weird and amazing experience, which I believe 100% are signs from Michael letting me know with his own unique sense of humor that he is still here. On Mondays, we host a class with Scott Milligan. During the class, he guided us in a sitting with our eyes closed. We had the opportunity to invite in a loved one into our space and then also one of our guides to feel the difference, the different power and how it feels. My mind first went to Michael. Not my dad, not my grandmother, but Michael. I said, okay, we'll go with it. And during the sitting with our eyes closed, I felt very clearly his presence. I remembered some of the times we spent together. It was so clear in my mind, in my memory. Remember holding his hand. Remember the laughs we shared, the hugs. And when class was over, I decided to log into Facebook. The first thing that pops up on my Facebook page was the memorial site that I created for Michael. I hadn't been on it in, oh my gosh, months. And it was so weird that all of a sudden that popped up. After the class, I went into my kitchen to make myself a cup of tea. And I have an Amazon Alexa. I noticed that there was a green ring lit up, which normally means a notification. It normally means something about a previous order I had placed So I asked her, Alexa, what are my notifications? And I was shocked to hear, I'll play it for you.
5: From Amazon Shopping, based on your past activity, you might be interested
3: in announcements and updates from author Michael A. Collar. Would you like to follow this author now? So she says, based on my account activity. Now, Michael is his name. I did help him write a couple of small, humorous books But I have not researched him on Amazon. There's been no account activity researching him. It's been years since I've pulled up his books on Amazon. But that Alexa, she knew his exact name. It was really very strange. I had to play it a few times and then record it so I could share it with you. Do you wanna hear it one more time? I do.
5: (laughs) From Amazon Shopping, based on your past activity, You might be interested in announcements and updates from author Michael A. Collar. Would you like to follow this author now?
3: Of course I said yes, by the way, because I want to know his announcements and his activity. I do know there are such things as cookies, I think they call them. So if you visit a website, it may pop up for you on Facebook. They monitor websites you visit and then try to promote them Other places. So I know that's there. And I even spoke to my mom about this, looking for a solid reason why I might have gotten that notification. I have never received a notification about any author that I'm following. And no, I have bought probably over a hundred books on Amazon, some from repeated authors. I have never received a notification about any of them, nor have I received any notifications since. Just this, just about Michael. And then later, when I went back on my computer and signed back into Facebook, his personal Facebook page popped up. My friends listening, in my heart of hearts, I do believe this is communication from Michael, from beyond. I think for each one of us, We have to do the work to make sure a sign really is a sign. Like some people see feathers and they think, oh, that's a sign from my loved one. But right around the corner, an unfortunate bird might have come to its demise. So we have to use logic. And there is no way putting the pieces together that I can figure out other than Michael stirring things up with his sense of humor from beyond that that is a sign from him. Did it comfort me? Yes. Did it make me laugh? Absolutely. Did it go right along with his personality and sense of humor? Absolutely. Will I continue to be on the lookout for signs? Absolutely. So I just wanted to share that with you. Let's see, what else? Earlier this week, we had our Sunday gathering. And I know, I always recommend you come join us on a Sunday. Yes, they're motivating. But this past week, we had an exceptionally special medium demonstration. The level of evidence I feel was out of this world wonderful. And the joy I left with such a big smile on my face. So I think you listening to this gentleman getting a reading on our free Sunday gathering will put a smile on your face. So I definitely want to share that. Also, last week we were talking about atheists and do atheists believe in the afterlife. And I found a story of a young man named Alexi who overdosed and had a near-death experience. And I thought it might be interesting to read just a segment from this because it's powerful. And just to tell you a little bit about this young man, he came from a very abusive household physically abusive. And that's probably the biggest reason he said that he didn't believe in God, because how could a young child be treated so poorly? So he got involved with drugs. And this is one of his experiences. He said he did a hot shot, an injection into his arm. He was with a group of people. He says, finally, it was my turn to take the needle. And I put it in between my toes. And he says, I don't know if it was the booze or the other substances, but I immediately felt like something was gripping my heart and ripping it out and squeezing it at the same time. I found myself in complete darkness and nothing around me. I walked around a tiny bit in my dream, but still thinking to myself, what a strange dream. You need to wake up. You aren't dreaming, Alexi, I heard a voice say from the darkness. And I thought, this is some crazy trip I'm having. That needle must have been spiked. You are dead, Alexi. The voice said, Bull, I screamed back. If I am dead, then who are you? The voice said, It was God, which immediately caused me to laugh. And I said, Where were you when my dad was beating the snot out of me daily? The voice said, I was there with you, taking all of those beatings. I said, Come on. Don't give me that, S-H-I-T. Stop hiding in the dark and show yourself to me. As I said those words, the darkness faded, and what appeared in front of me is hard to describe. Think of a smoky apparition, and that is what this looked like. I could see what appeared to be the outline of a robe, and I said, you said you were there with me as my dad beat me. Why didn't you try to stop it? The voice said, I was there with you. I felt every smack of his fist and the leather belt that he used to hit you. I lessened the more severe blows that you experienced. I said, Stop skirting my questions. Why didn't you stop it? The voice responded, It was a choice that was made long ago that I would not fully interfere in the lives of man. The only way I would assist is if you asked me for help and found your way to me. Alexei said, I asked you to strike him dead, yet you didn't do what I asked. The voice said, I want to show you something. I walked closer, and the only thing I can describe was a projector. I saw that night that I decided to run away. I saw myself going into my parents' room, grabbing my dad's pants off the ground, and grabbing his wallet and taking all of his money. What I hadn't known that night was that my dad had been watching me and the projector showed some sort of boulder that was on top of my dad's back, making it unable for him to move. The projector showed me going through my mom's purse and that mom had left a lot more money in her purse than she normally does. The projector then showed me sleeping behind the railroad tracks as it kept me hidden from the police. The voice said, Now see, Alexi, I have always been with you. I heard your cries for help. I did not abandon you. I cannot stop you from taking your own life by being reckless, and I cannot help you if you will not let me. I just want the pain to stop, and I want it to go away. The voice said, Alexei, it is up to you. You can call it quits now and remain in this hell that you created or you can choose to go back through your life, and it will become more difficult. But with work, you will break free and become what you were destined to be. All souls have free will, including yours. Alexi said, Okay, fine. I am ready to wake up. The voice said, Take care, my child. I'll see you soon. And disappeared. I opened my eyes to find Julia hovering over me, tears running down her face, hyperventilating, trying to catch her breath. I thought you were dead like Luca and Nat. They're dead, Alexi, they're gone. And I thought you were too. I won't read to you the full story, but Alexi cleaned himself up. He and Julia got married. They moved to the United States. He went to college. He got his bachelor's degree in computer science and are officially now Americans. We'll be right back. With the medium demonstration I was telling you about earlier. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up.
0: The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome
6: to- a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple
1: pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone! Real cash prizes, free daily rewards,
6: over 1,200 games, yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? woo I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around.
0: Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at
2: HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details.
1: High Five
5: Casino. Time Ins Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't...
0: Hi, it's Dr. Sky. Keep it right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. In our next segment, I want to play that medium demonstration from our last Sunday gathering. Imagine we're on Zoom. We have around 200 people in our online congregation. The medium will give several bits of information out. The people, participants, can press their virtual raise hand button if they understand the information about their loved one who is in the afterlife. Sometimes it takes a couple of minutes to get to the right person, and that happened in this demonstration. So I will do a bit of editing so there's not the long time waiting for people to raise their hand. In this instance, our medium, which is the fabulous Carrie McLeod, was looking for someone who was very fit and healthy and died at the gym. So let's listen.
8: I need to speak to somebody in our audience who knows a young man in the spirit world and I feel he would have enjoyed going to the gym or physical activity, but I actually feel, and he's only young, anything under 40 is young when you get to a bit older, don't we? But I know he takes a cardiac arrest or no, I know he has a cardiac arrest and I do feel it would be Completely unexpected because he's a fit man. He takes care of himself.
3: He looks after himself. At this point, about four people press their raise hand button.
8: Then would one of the people with their hands up know that this happened whilst he was at the gym or running or exercising or doing his sport? Because I do feel that
3: this is closely linked with how he passes. So at this point, she broadened the information and I'm the moderator and a ton of people's hands went up. So I told her that.
8: This young man must have attended a gym because I do feel he's, what was it, pushing metal and he's doing all sorts of, I do feel like he has, I'm sorry, dear, but he has rather large muscles on him. So I do feel like he wanted to be um, rather large and in,
3: in shape. All right we have William with his hand raised we'll bring in William could you press your unmute button
8: hello welcome
3: hi William you would know this gentleman
8: quite well.
7: I believe it's my son and okay wasn't a heart attack it was a pulmonary embolism okay. caused from an accident at the gym
8: okay then if this is correct let William let me work with this for a second for you it must have um There wasn't any coming back from it, William. Would you understand it that way? Yes. Okay. And with your son, he had rather a large physique.
7: Yes, he had actually just won an international...
8: um, Don't give me information, William, because I can't give you that. And then... I don't want you questioning what you're getting here because I do know he has a rather large physique here and I know he must have been one of those lovely gentlemen who couldn't close his arms because his muscles were quite large underneath and round yes. about his chest. I also, I know you've given me about that competition, but I, I feel like he would have been well known in his community.
7: Very well known.
8: I also know he would have liked being... Um, he would have liked getting attention. Yes. Because I not only has he got this large physique, but I also know he had a great personality, but I also want to say that he could catch the eye of the women.
7: Yes, very much so.
8: And I need to also say that I'm not saying he was inappropriate in any way, but he would often have numbers of women following him. Not stalking, yeah. but following him. Yes. And I know when he was out with the Guy, he must have worn very tight tops.
7: <laughs> yes.
8: <laughs> but long-sleeved tight tops, because all I can see is those <laughs> muscles coming through. I know yeah. Phil has one of those skin-coloured woolen knitwear, and I feel like he would have worn tops like that with a zip.
7: Right, even in very cold weather.
8: (laughs) I do feel that he would have found this most amusing and he would have milked it to some some degree, how um, people would have been drawn to him. He loved that attention. But I also have the sense that he must have advertised some sort of protein shake or certain foods
7: Yes, he was involved in the advertisement.
8: Okay. Because I but he must have been like the person that was um used for advertisement. Would you know he had advertised or was used for advertisement exactly. for the Yes. Okay. Because I do feel he reveled in this. I do feel a chuckle going in behind the scenes with him that not only is he's got this physique, but he's actually showing this protein shake or this food.
7: Yes, that's it.
8: He didn't hold back with his words. No. I do do get a sense that he would have been very open about all aspects of himself.
7: With me only.
8: Okay. I know you're saying with you only, but I want to say there must have been jokes that he would say about um, his shape and his size. He would have shared that with people. Uh, Yes. But he would have made a joke out of it, too. But I do feel, I can't put this here on that any, your son could be quite rude with his language. Not offensive, but quite rude.
7: Well, in a, in a very humorous way. Yes,
8: because I know what he's showing me and I know what I'm feeling, but I can't say it. Right. So I know that there's a sense of him. I also know that he included you. You must have had some involvement with his bodybuilding or his um, weights practice.
7: Yes, I did.
8: And you must have also gone out with him because I know that he gives me this feeling of you and him were tight. Yes. Yes. And I know he's so grateful for that time together. And I know you on more than one occasion tried to point your son in the right direction. Because I do know he could sometimes make wrong decisions based on what he thought was cool in the moment.
7: I wouldn't say wrong. I would just say a direction that I thought would would be more beneficial to him.
8: Okay. Because I do feel this gratitude for shifting him from what he's showing me well you must be quite a bit smaller than your son although that's not going to be difficult but i do feel like little you is directing your your son who's a bit bigger in the direction he needs to go yes it almost feels like he's grateful for the direction but also the way you managed his expectations yes and he would have, I know you said he entered competitions, but he, there must have been many medals and awards that he won for this bodybuilding.
7: Yes, I still have them on my mantle.
8: Oh, okay. There must be one in particular that he, no, okay, I've got that slightly wrong. There must have been one competition in particular that he was working towards that he didn't make it to. Yes. And he wants to acknowledge that um, there was a sense of comradeship. each person that wasn't it was a competition, but not against each other. There seems that there was a real sense of togetherness with all the guys and gals in those competitions.
7: That is exactly correct.
8: And I know that's what he wants to bring for you, William, is the sense of togetherness. Not just with everybody in the competitions, because I do get the feeling that you still support them. He is supporting you. I know that you have found, not just since his passing, but I know your son gives me this feeling of you finding the last three months incredibly challenging.
7: Oh, yes, indeed. Yes.
8: And I know you have looked at photographs of your son and the medals of your son and cannot believe what has transpired. But I also need to say you must have a particular glass that you drink out of that makes you think of your son.
7: Well, I do have a particular glass that I drink out of every day, but it's not necessarily connected to my son. But you're right about a particular glass.
8: But I know this is, he shows me this particular glass. And I know also that there is a whole series of photographs of him. But you must, you have a photograph that you've looked at within the last months of him as a small boy. And he is small.
7: Yes, right. Within the last, I would say within the last six weeks.
8: Oh, okay. I know this is his way of saying I see what glass you're drinking out of dad I see what photographs you've looked at in the last four to six weeks and I know that you're still supporting because I am there with you please know that this is your son's way of reaching out to you to say he sees what's happening with you and he is still very much there he also needs to acknowledge that there is nothing that anybody could have done including you that would have stopped Stop this happening. I know he gives me the impression that you've racked your brain about could I, should I, or mustn't I have done there's nothing different that could have been. It was just one of those things.
7: Yeah, you're right you're exactly right about that. And
8: William you would have known one of the paramedics that turned up on scene for your son
7: No, I wasn't there his fiance was there but from okay. what i And I think she knew one of the paramedics. Okay,
8: because I know he wants to acknowledge that one of the paramedics that turned up was known and that that paramedic knows that they did all that they could. But that please know there's nothing in addition that could have been done at all. And if you could let his um, partner know that he's been here.
7: I will. Thank Thank
3: Thank you very much, William, for allowing me to do that. Thank you. I know this reading made a difference for the dad, and I think it made a difference for everybody. You could just picture that young man with those big muscles, couldn't you, and holding that protein shake. A good mediumship reading can make a difference for all recipients. So it's that time for the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.
4: Don't go anywhere, there's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right
0: up.
5: Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
4: The Art Bell Vault never disappoints. Classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for full details.
9: This is afterlife expert Daniel Brayley and you're listening to the iHeart Radio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. I wasn't kidding you when I said I have a lot of books on the afterlife. And I continue to get more. Just a few episodes ago, episode 117, I interviewed Dr. Piero calvi Paracetti, author of the book Step Into the Light, Transform Your Fear of Death by Learning About Life After Life. And I've been reading it. Yes, I have probably 15 books by my bedside. And every so often I pick up one, read a little bit here, read a little bit there. But there's a term you may not have heard of. It's called veridical perceptions. Veridical perceptions are things people can verify during a near-death experience that is happening in another room or another place where they shouldn't be able to see them or experience them because their brain is not functioning. So I'd like to read from his book. We understand that people with no functioning brain have complex experiences. This in itself is quite extraordinary. But another question arises, how do we know that these are real experiences and not just dreams? In order to answer that, you have to look at what near-death experiencers report about the initial phases of the experience. When they find themselves out of their body, they often remain for a certain time in physical proximity of their dead body and register many details about the environment, the people, the resuscitation procedures, for example. As demonstrated by numerous clever scientific studies, what near-death experiencers report about this phase is not a dream or fantasy. They report a number of exact details which, when checked against medical records, are found to be entirely correct. It indeed looks like near-death experiencers can see and hear from a point of view outside their physical body, which at that point is not functioning in any way. To give you an idea of how striking such accounts can be, Let me briefly tell you the story reported in a scientific publication by Kimberly Clark, a critical care worker at Harborview Hospital in Seattle. The case involves a woman named Maria, a migrant worker who suffered a heart attack while visiting relatives in Seattle and went through a cardiac arrest while in the coronary care unit. After having been resuscitated, Maria reported to Clark, having a near-death experience. Clark, who had heard of near-death experiences but was skeptical of them, listened with what she described as a feigned but seemingly emphatic respect to the patient's account of the experience. Clark reports that inwardly, she was finding plausible explanations to dismiss the various elements of a fairly typical near-death account until Maria mentioned something bizarre. At a certain point, Maria told Clark that she had not merely remained looking down from the ceiling, but found herself outside the hospital. Specifically, she said, having been distracted by an object on the ledge on the third floor of the north wing of the building, she thought herself up there. And when she arrived, she found herself, as Clark put it, eyeball to shoelace, with, of all things, a tennis shoe on the ledge of the third floor of the north wing of the building. Maria then proceeded to describe the shoe in minute detail, mentioning, among other things, that the little toe had a worn place in the shoe, and that one of its laces was tucked underneath the heel. Maria herself got emotional and insisted that Clark should try to locate the shoe as she desperately needed to know whether she had really seen it. The north face of Harborview Hospital is slender, with only five windows showing from the third floor. When Clark arrived there, she didn't find any shoe until she came to the middlemost window on the floor. And there, on the ledge, precisely as Maria had described it, was the tennis shoe. The question is here, what is the probability that a migrant worker visiting a large city for the first time, who suffers a heart attack and is rushed to a hospital at night, would, while having a cardiac arrest, simply hallucinate a tennis shoe with very specific and unusual features on the ledge of a floor higher than that of her physical location at the hospital. Clark herself wrote, the only way she could have had such a perspective was if she had been floating right outside and at very close range to the tennis shoe. I retrieved the shoe and I brought it to Maria and every detail was correct. Okay, here he talks about the blind experiences. The reality of the near-death experience is supported by another and even more extraordinary line of research. The study of the congenitally blind To be clear, the International Council of Ophthalmology defines congenital blindness as a complete lack of form and visual perception since birth and is commonly referred to as no light perception. Psychiatrist Stanislav Grof purports that sight in congenitally near-death experiencers is medically inexplicable. There are reported cases where individuals who are blind because of medically confirmed organic damage to their optical system could at the time of clinical death see the environment. Occurrences of this kind can be subjected to objective verification. They thus represent the most convincing proof of what happens in near-death experiences is more than hallucinatory phantasmagoria of psychologically impaired brains. In accord with Groff, psychologists Kenneth Ring and Sharon Cooper decided to conduct the most in-depth study ever undertaken of near-death experiences and the blind. The objective of their study was to ascertain if the blind experience the same veridical occurrences as the sighted. The blind indeed appear to see for the first time in their lives during a near-death experience. However, they do not retain sight when they return to their bodies. Interestingly, the research ascertained from the narratives of the blind were indistinguishable from those of the sighted. According to the two authors, the analysis of persons blind from birth provide the strongest, and conventionally most explicable data pertaining to the proposition that the blind may actually see during their near-death experiences. Ring and Cooper consider Vicky to be one of the most compelling and verifiable cases of the congenitally blind ever recorded. Vicky was born blind due to severe and irreversible optic nerve damage. Asked in an interview if she has ever been able to see, she replied, nothing, never. No light, no shadows, no nothing, ever. I've never been able to understand even the concept of light. Thus, the visual components of her near-death experience are astonishing. After a near-fatal car accident and suffering from brain damage, Vicki was rushed to the hospital in a coma. She recalls her experience by stating, And it was frightening because I'm not accustomed to see things visually because I never had before. And initially, it was pretty scary. And then I finally recognized my wedding ring and my hair. And then I thought, is that my body down there? Am I dead or what? They kept saying, we can't bring her back. We can't bring her back. And they were trying to frantically work on this thing that I discovered was my body and I felt very detached from it and sort of, so what? And I was thinking, what are these people getting so upset about? Upon resuscitation, Vicky described seeing her crumpled Volkswagen van. Additionally, she saw herself floating above the stretcher and traveling to the hospital's roof where she experienced a 360-degree panoramic view of the hospital grounds, Vicki's surgical team later verified her account description of the wedding ring and the precise account of both the hospital grounds and the damage to her Volkswagen van. He goes on in this chapter about so many other things. Again, this is Step Into the Light by Piero Calvi Parasetti. But at the end of this chapter, he talks about The Conclusions 1. There is nothing whatsoever to fear about death. 2. Dying is peaceful and beautiful. 3. Life does not begin with birth and does not end with death. 4. Life is precious. Live it to the fullest. 5. The body and its senses are a tremendous gift. Appreciate them. Six, what matters most in life is love. Seven, living a life oriented towards materialistic acquisition is missing the point. Eight, cooperation rather than competition makes for a better world. Nine, being a big success in life is not all it is cracked up to be. And 10, seeking knowledge is important. You take that with you. Isn't that something? We take it with us. I know that. You know that. Our personalities survive. We will survive, just as our loved ones are still living. Time for one more break, and then we'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Paranormal Podcast Network.
6: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
4: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast
3: Network. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com.
9: Hi, this is ufologist Kevin Randall, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And in this segment, we're going to hear from my old friend, Eric. Well, I call him old friend for two reasons. I first learned of Eric back in 2016 when I attended Banyan Retreat in the UK and met physical and trance medium Scott Milligan. For the last three years, almost every Friday, we spend an hour and a half together, first sitting for healing. Sending healing out to people in the world. And the second part is a demonstration of trance mediumship. Scott Milligan has been sitting on behalf of the spirit world and humanity for over 25 years. And the voice you will hear is Eric Robert Johnson, who passed away near the end of the 1800s. So his voice is definitely old style. He is as down to earth as they get with a personality and a sense of humor completely different from that of the medium, Scott Milligan. There's an interesting question that I ask him on behalf of one of the members of the audience at the beginning, followed by Eric mentioning about how good his memory is. And I didn't pick up on it at first, but Scott Milligan has a terrible memory for names. Just terrible, he just can't remember names. On our trance demonstrations, Eric never forgets anyone's names. So he mentions that towards the end. I thought we could all use a little inspiration from an old friend. I have received many signs and communications from my son in the spirit world. I can, however, go quite a few weeks or months and not receive anything. Is this because he thinks I am doing okay, or is it because he can't get his message through to me? I would love to receive his messages more, but am I asking too much? Thank
9: you. Well, my friend, how much is it too much to show someone that you truly care for them? Ask away, my dear friend, ask away. But may I say this to you? Your world is governed by time. Could you imagine a world without time? To us in the world that awaits you, a brief moment can be many days. May I tell you this story first?
3: Yes,
9: of course. Since I've been within this wonderful vibration, called by many names, but as I've said, for summer land, I myself is often a form of watching cricket, not partaking, but watching. I have been admiring a game, but hasn't ended yet. More people are joining, partaking. But Sandra, my friend, remind me of your year.
3: 2023.
9: It doesn't seem possible. For I passed from your world in the year 1892 to me now. This game has lasted a summer's afternoon. But in your world, many years have passed. So, my friend, now we turn it back to our dear friend Elizabeth, who is blessed with the opportunity to have the signs of everlasting love. It may be that your dear boy has just taken a moment before he knocks again. But to you, many days may have passed. He doesn't fall out of love with you. He does not think that your thoughts are annoyance. In actuality, my friend, he is inspired. Inspired to know that you know that he is thinking fondly of you, often. And sometimes, my friends, you see signposts of greater things to come. So never believe that we have left you. And never believe for one moment that you're holding us back. To us, it is merely an afternoon, until you join us. And so, my friend, you desire more. Then, my friend, more will be. But some may say, my friend, that you are truly blessed. There are others who are listening to these words who have had no signs at all. But maybe your inquiry has given a sign to someone else, knowing that their family member lives in a summer's afternoon, but maybe many years to those who hear these words. And so, my friend, As I have said, the knock on the door, that may be the sign of a knock, or even the flash of light when there is no one there. so, my friend, I say this to you, you may be more in tune with your dear son than you would accept, maybe the signs were merely the beginning, and now he thinks in a different way. That when you think of happy memories, he is thinking with you. It is kindness that you have given me. But may I say an observation, as you know the link, stronger than many here, what is his recall of names? Can the link, the one we love, remember people's names?
3: No, he cannot very well.
9: Then I have demonstrated this day that I am separate to his mind, for I have remembered the names of everyone who has inquired. It is a simple thing, my friend, but just an observation. As many of you may question, Is it possible for the world that seems invisible to my senses? Can you step forward and possess me? No, I cannot. But if I could step forward and romance your soul, for your soul to fall in love with someone who is now in the spirit, for we choose each other, And round each of you are people of my world, standing silent or speaking and sharing. Our world will never turn the back upon you. We will always be there, for we have no time that governs or commands us so, my friends, once again, time in your world is spent, and I stand within the golden shores. I do not mourn you, but I thank God, however you seek God to be, that has granted me the gift to now call you friend. You will always remain upon my soul-spiritual heart. That is constantly evolving, as I haven't got my wings yet. But if you say your child is an angel, not a truer word has once said. Your children are angels, but aren't we all children at heart? So, my friends, be angels walk upon your world. Speak for truth. All in and out of love. But remember, love will always be. Love will always be the gift you share. Good day to you, my friend.
3: Good day, Eric. Thank you so very much. You are always welcome to join us on a Friday or watch one of our past replays. There's got to be a hundred of them. Just go to wedontdie.com. Go to the store page, and if you scroll to the bottom, you can see a whole bunch. Just use coupon code FREE and be my guest. And while you're there, of course, sign up for the next Sunday gathering. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but every so often I like to dabble on Ancestry.com and check out my lineage. And the past few days, I have been researching my fifth great-grandfather. His name was Prince Champlain, and he actually came over on a slave boat from Africa. There's not too much written about him. There are some things about his brother who fought in the Revolutionary War. And I think finding out about our history is incredible. Wouldn't it be nice if we had more people sitting for transmediumship to possibly give one of our great-grandparents a voice again with inspiration and love from their world. Anything is possible. Absolutely anything. Never think you are alone. You have a team so mighty standing beside you and behind you. Guides, loved ones, relatives that you'll meet someday. No need to fear. Life is the hardest part of our journey right now. Do the best you can, and every single bit of it is something important to your soul. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
4: Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com.
0: The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome
6: to Burger.